0: Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for the teaching that you set to both community at heart. Our you, of Jesus tonight, not everything we be of you, not anything from us. We our hearts on you tonight, not just be in that, but also to help you with us We love you. We thank you. <laughs> 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 um... So, we're going to look at the parable of um, uh, the 10 talents or the 10 minutes, depending on which, um, which gospels you're looking at. So, we're going to look at the Luke one. It's also found in Matthew, 2, Matthew 25. Don't quote me on it. Um, I've literally been reading this like, so many times and I can't remember what it is. That's fun. Um, both of my accounts are usually, like, they're mostly similar to each other. Um, there are some differences just like in wordings and that kind of thing. Um, the context of the Matthew one, right before it, is talking about basically the kingdom, Matthew 25. Okay. Um, it's talking about the kingdom coming and basically that you're not going to know when it's going to come. Um, in that, so basically being ready whenever it comes. And honestly similar to the context of right before the, this passage in Luke, the same thing happened. Of, um, Jesus was talking to Zacchaeus, and he's like, like up the tax collector, and he goes and eats with him and all of that. And so this parable is being to told to the Pharisees because they're obviously not a Jesus, but he's going to go spend time, talk to a tax collector, tax collector, let alone eat with one. Um, and so he's basically talking about like, like, salvation coming in the kingdom. And like work himself about. So, with that, Luke 19, 12
1: through 27. He he said, therefore, a nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then returned. Calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten minutes. He said to them, Engage in business until I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned, having received a kingdom, he ordered these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know what, there, what they had gained by doing business. The first came before him, saying, Lord, your minna has made ten minutes more. And he said to him, Well done, good servant. Because you have been faithful in a very little, you shall receive authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, your minna has made five minutes. And he said to him, And you are to be over five cities. Then came another, saying, Lord, here is your minna. Which I kept laid away in a handkerchief, for I was afraid of you, because you are a severe man. You take what you did, you take what you did not deposit, and reap what you did not sow. He said to him, I will condemn you with your own words. And with your you knew that I was a se- severe man, taking what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money into the bank? And my, and at my coming, I might have collected it with interest. And he said to those who stood by, Take the minute from him. And give it to the one who has the ten minutes. And they said to him, "Lord, he has ten minutes." I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. But as these enemies of mine, as for these enemies of mine who do not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slaughter them before me. So, in this story, or right, uh, in
0: this parable, we're going to look at um, several different aspects of. Honestly, just the purpose of it, why it's here, and what we can learn and take away from that. Um, and so, kind of starting out, um, looking in James 4, 13 through 17, um, just kind of looking at how the first two servants, you see like they did something, like with their money, they made profit on that. But the last servant, he he hid it away in a handkerchief. He didn't do anything with it, didn't get anything to come up. So if someone will read James 4, 13 through 17 now, you would say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and pray to make a prophet, then you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are more or, for you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do fails to do it, for him it is sin. So. So it's kind of, like, that beginning part of it saying, like, okay, like, today or tomorrow I'll do it. Like, I'll get to it. Like, kind of, like, whenever. Like, there's not, like, a sense of importance to it. But it's saying, like, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. And so, like, don't just put off things until tomorrow and be, like, okay, like, maybe I'll do it then. But, like, whatever God is giving you to, like, act upon that, like, in that time that he says to act upon it instead of just waiting. Because you're not guaranteed that tomorrow. And then that last part, um, I listened to the Greek... For the, the word right, because I think it's really easy to just read the word right and just instantly think, like, almost like morals, and, like the right thing to do, you know? Um, and that word right in the Greek is actually kind of more like the honorable thing to do, like, it honestly even says, like, the beautiful, like, I don't know, like, that kind of a concept. And so, like, tying it more to, again, like, God in that, like, it's not just a morals base, but like, what God is doing to do that. And so, again, like, what is sin and not, like, you have to, like, the right thing, not failing to do the right thing, um, but kind of tying more. 23. I'm 23. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I also wanted to bring up on this last part, like, if you look in the parable, he says, like, he battles for everything to do to be storing away into that one thing, because, um, he wasn't really, like, he didn't want to get in trouble. With he, just, he doesn't he to be able to do it, but he thought that the right thing to do. But obviously, that wasn't he got that. So, whoever has doubts is condemned to eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Um, I thought this presentation at was just like, whatever, from, whatever doesn't proceed from faith um, is sin, and just realizing that, but that also doesn't mean that that and do whatever you want with that sentence,
1: like, like, oh, well, it's not a if I feel I'm doing it from faith, like, not abusing that freedom. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have looks? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, then one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled. Without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is good.
0: So again, kind of like looking that concept of like, you have to have faith, like absolutely, and like not acting out of your faith, not doing anything not proceeding out of that faith is sin for you. And that, but it isn't just like faith by itself, like so your faith needs to like produce something, and like. Those works are going to basically be, like, an overflow out of it and acting upon that faith you have. Like, you can't just be, like, demons mm-hmm. even believe, like, in Christ or in God. So it's, like, it's not just, like, a belief in who God is, but acting upon that belief and that desire is, like, for him. But again, kind of, like, as Yanni was, like, getting at, in, like, Galatians 5, 13, just read this.
2: You, my brothers and sisters, are called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, Rather, serve one another humbly and well.
0: So, just again, reiterating, re- just like not abusing like, that freedom of like, if you cannot kind of, if anything doesn't um, it's not a sin. Like, you can't just go, like, I was thinking of the example Paddy gave and like, go and have like orgies with people in your dorm room and say, I did this for <laughs> God. Like, that's not a thing. Because uh, honestly, like, that's your idea of making a predator and honestly, not a okay. thing. <laughs> <scrunching for> that. <laughs> um, so kind of like with all of that in mind, um we wanna look at a the example of uh, um King Saul and then then King David, and that. And so basically like background context, one we're gonna kind of jump around King, first single fifteen and sixteen. Um I definitely encourage you to, like, go back and read on your own. Like, just the story. It's just kind of a cool, interesting story to begin with. You um, tell the important So There's been, like some things that i think that would help the couple exact there, but I think it would just be important part to, like, go back and do to a story and, like, it would help tell them Yeah. And so, King Saul, he was anointed king, basically because the people were like, hey, like, we want to have a king. And, like, God didn't really even like <laughs> God didn't like necessarily be like you like my desire is for you to have that king and like oh that like that wasn't like he's like first like voice on that like it could have happened without that. Um so he gave the people a king and that king was Saul. And then Samuel is like the prophet at the time who was like speaking for God to um to Saul. So first Samuel 1 through three.
1: Then Samuel said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint your king over his people Israel. Now therefore, listen to the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I have known what Amalek did to Israel in opposing them on the way when they came up out of Egypt. Now go and strike Amalek and devote to destruction all that they have. Do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and dove. So in this part is basically,
0: um, like, Samuel speaking to Saul what God told him of, this is a call to go do to these people with this nation. So then, jumping down to verses um, 9 through 11 in chapter 15, this is basically what Saul does
2: with that. But Saul and the people spared aggregate and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fattened calves in the land, and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them. All that was despised and worthless, they devoted to destruction. The word of the Lord came to Samuel. I regret that I, that I have made Saul king, for he has turned back from following me and has not
0: performed my commands.
2: And Samuel was angry, and he cried to the royal knight.
0: So in this part, we see that Saul kept the cast in the land, basically the, the best yeah. of the best. The best of the best. Even though God physically told him in verses 1-3 to kill everything, but he had to burn Saul. So, so, so.
2: 1 Samuel 15, 17-21. And Samuel said, Though you are little in your own eyes, are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go the boat to destruction of sinners the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you counsel on to spoil and do what was evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me. I have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and I have devoted the Amalekites to destruction. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the best of the things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord your God and to field And Samuel said, As the Lord is great delight delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen listen than the fat of land. For rebellion is as the sin of divination, and presumption is as iniquity and idolatry, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being Saul said to Samuel, "I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your word, because I feared the people and the them." Okay. So there's a few things I want to bring up in this
0: chapter the So on first when Samuel talked to Saul about what he had done, the first thing he said is, um, sorry. He blamed the people for what they did. Even though Saul is a king. he could have told the people, like, no, that one, that one. He blamed the people. And then if you go to the next a little bit later, he confesses and said, no, actually I feared the people. And I didn't obey the voice of them. So he talks a them, and he starts to make excuses. And another thing I want to bring up is how um, he talks about how, like, oh, but doesn't the Lord delight in great for an offering? Trying to make another excuse for why he didn't do exactly what God told him to do, and like going back to that parable verse of just like how that guy went for a minute. he's like, oh, I just laid it away, and he didn't do exactly what the I don't know to do it, the Lord or the Master, whatever you want to call him, he didn't do exactly what he told him to do because in the parable he gave him the exact instructions to go and like do business with it. Instead, he kept it away, doing what he wanted to do. Because he was their first. And he heard what other people were saying about the Lord. That Lord, not the Lord. That Lord of the time. And he decided, oh, I'm just going to keep doing it because of what they're saying. And letting that outside influence influence. I think, too, just kind of, like, reading on that, too, of deciding, like, we take and try to decide, like, what we think is best with what God has given us. We say, like, okay, God gave us, God gave us space so, like we're going to decide what we're going to do it. God gave us time after work. We're going to decide what we're going to do it, what we think is best use of this. Instead of, or we even, like, God tells us what to do with it or we ask God what to do with it and he tells us what to do. And then, so he's like, all right, God, like, what do you want me to do, like, after work? And he's like, all right, like, spend time, like, reading and praying and, like, go talk to that person, like, that you haven't talked to. And then we get off of work for work and then we're like, okay, but, like, I'm just kind of tired and, like, You know, I think I should, I think I should just, like, take care of myself instead. You know, watch a show, like, do, do whatever. And we're not obeying, like, what God called us to that. But, like, not absolutely some nice going to be like, yeah, literally, like, take it easy. Watch a show. Do that. Like, it's not so much about, like, not about, like, self-care and that, like, yes, God desires that. But he's going to if you seek after his kingdom. Like, he's going to provide what you need and that. But it's about obeying the voice of it and, both Saul and that servant basically said, like, oh, this is, like, what we thought was obsessed like, with your thing, and, like, trying to make it, like, oh, well, like, it's a sacrifice for you, like, we're doing this for you, but so God said, this is what I want done in this time. And that's also just, like, a common theme of the church, and it's just, like, I kind of thought about this earlier when I was, like, really going through all the verses, it's just, like, why does God work in the facts of the church? And I truly believe, like, he's calling them to something more. But they're afraid of like what the people are gonna say and they wanna make it look like, please the people instead of what bad ones and what's gonna bring bad glory. So, oh, so this is what happens when we don't have to call of God and it rejects to someone else. So this is first Samuel sixteen one and then eleven verses.
1: The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? As i rejected him from being king over israel fill your horn with oil and go i will send you to jesse the bethel night for i have provided for myself a king among his sons then samuel said to jesse are all your sons here and he said there remains yet the youngest but behold he is keeping the sheep and samuel said to jesse send and get him for we will not sit down till he comes here and he sent and brought him in now he was ready Yeah, ready. And he had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. Um,
0: So basically because Samuel did no big and Saul I thought because Paul didn't know the call of God was moved from then to David. And even like that honestly happens a lot, like I'm not gonna say It happens like if you don't obey the call of God, it will move on to someone else. Someone moved willing to be the work. and like in this passage like they moved on to David. And like David was probably like the like, mighty like Samuel didn't believe it again, like, like his own father picked all his brothers, and then they were finally, like, hey, <laughs> you can have him. And then David was actually the one who what? Cinderella. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was Cinderella. Yeah, the stepdaughters upstairs. And then like, David was the one who was actually called to do that. And then in this next side it says, like, now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. The Spirit departed from Saul because he didn't do what he was called to do in a week to David. So basically kind of like with all that in mind uh, the fact that we can lose the call like on our lives things can switch we can lose different opportunities um, by not acting upon them and it will go to people that are that are seeking after him them that are doing something with it like in the same like with the parable like that one like minute that the person had it got taken and given it to the one who had the most like and like did the most with them because like it was evident, like, okay, like, was little, faces much, like, which is what we usually look at, like, when we look at this table, this parable. Um, but it was because he actually acted upon that in that. And so, kind of also looking back, um, I'm going to <laughs> go all um, So, like, this part right here, uh, like, the servant's reasoning for me, why he didn't act upon um, Doing anything with it? it was because he knew his master, or yeah, we're just gonna call him master. That's what it says on Matthew version, and I'm just, that's my language right now. <laughs> um, uh, because he knew his master to be a sincere man, but he knew that he um, deposited and like reaped where he did not sow. And so, one that passes, like that line has always like, messed me up and it really confused me because we always talk about like, oh, you reap what you sow, but this is almost saying like, the opposite of like, what you're leaving, what you didn't even get. Um, but looking into that, was like, what does that really mean? What does that look like? And who's going to honestly take up that call is going to look different than we thought about at times. So looking at Romans 11 17 through
2: 24. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive tree, were grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you are, remember it is not you who support the roots, but the root that supports you. Then you will say, branches are broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast for faith. So do not become proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God, severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off, and even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. For God has the power to graft the man again. For if you were cut off from what is mighty, by nature a wild olive tree and grafted, it, contrary to nature, into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted back into their own olive tree? And
0: so, honestly, just that concept, uh, God is reaping what he did not sow, because... <laughs> He's gaining all the Gentiles back, he's gaining all nations back, um, instead of just the Jews, the Israelites. And with that, uh like they're wild like all the Jews. Like obviously that means like he didn't originate like from this like branch, like they're wild. But in that so they're being drafted in and those that have been cut off is because of their unbelief in that. And to note in that too, just because we haven't like grafted into this thing, like, we are Of God now doesn't mean that can't be like we can too become like fallen to unbelief, we can too not act upon what God's given us, and like that's what those calls can be. Um, in that, so not becoming proud and just trying to decide like what you want to do with what God's given you, um, in that, and so kind of looking at um, again, that kind of call to. Like, read the Eden also. Um, is this is Jesus talking to the disciples. Um, we're going to actually read John 4 out of order a little bit. <laughs> um, so, right before this, is Jesus talking to the woman, the um, Samaritan woman, like at the well. And then the disciples basically like, see him talking to her and he's like, like, What are you doing? And then he's like, They ask him um, basically, like, as the name is, like, to ask you. So, if someone wants to read John 4 31 38. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who has sent me and accomplish his works. Do you not say, There are yet four mouths, and then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. So the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here they saying, for here the saying holds true. One sows and another reaps. I send you to reap for that which you do not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into. And so I basically see here of like that call that Jesus is telling the disciples like, of like, look around, like the harvest is ready. Like there are people there, there are things to do. Like stop sitting around and waiting in that. But it isn't going to just be, you're always going to see like the fruits of your labor, like if you're in that. Even though you might talk to somebody, foreign to somebody in that, like you might never see what that will turn into. Like somebody else might then continue that growth later on. We might not ever see that. But in the same way, like we're acting upon what other people have done before us. So, like we're continuing in that. Um continuing in that and like making the cycles and all of that. But it is gonna look different than like what we try to make it out to be. Um but like that harvest like is ready He's basically again like Honestly, the context of the parable in the Matthew, um, the Matthew kind of it is like, the human's gonna come, like, I guess to could like, I'm coming back in that. Like, are you going to be prepared? Are you gonna act about it now? Or are you gonna say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow? Like, today or tomorrow, I'll do it? Like, and waiting on that. But you are not guaranteed, like, tomorrow. You need to act upon what we're doing now. So, in that, like, are you acting upon what God is giving you? Or are you just kind of saying, oh, wait on it tomorrow? Or, like, uh, I don't really think what God has said about it is, like, maybe exactly what he meant. Like, I'm going to just kind of make it what my own thing is and just put it off or just wait and go hide it the way instead. And with that, you don't want to wait, Honestly, <laughs> Just, like, what can you do? Like, say your music to the face. You don't want to wait. You don't know what to do. You don't know, like, how you can basically dance through
2: Okay. Jesus, Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither is on this mountain nor in Jerusalem we worship the Father. You worship what you do not know, we worship what we know. The salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship. God is spirit Nope. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit. and fear. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, uh, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you. So, how did I start before this? I kind of
0: forgot about that. Before you to be. Um, my battery. <laughs> uh, so, basically, like, so the disciples, like, go into this town and the disciples go off to get food, and Jesus just kind of, like, waits for them at the well. And he sees this woman, who's like, hey, like, can you give me some water? Like, she's going to the well to draw water. And basically, at that time, like, Jews did not, like, talk to at all, like, Samaritans. Like, no association in the slightest. So, like, one, for her, she was like, what is this man doing? Like, he's a Jew, and, like, questioning that. And then it goes into, and Jesus basically, like, prophesies, like, to her basically she's like oh i'll go get my husband he's like oh but like that's not actually husband and she's like what like and basically like talks of saying like okay you've actually had like you right like the person like you with isn't your husband like you've had five and like the one you're with actually isn't even like you're not even married to that one um so like that whole pattern happens and he talks about like living spirit in that and like that's how we end there he talks about like that true worshippers in that and like how that's going to change it like it is from the Jews that as that Roman passage talked about like the Gentiles and like, all of that are getting drafted in all of the people are coming in that but then the biggest revelation that she receives like from it and she's like I know like the Messiah is coming and then he straight up is, like yep that's me like <laughs> has to say it like obviously like all the weird version of it but that means. me so we have that encounter then, like, we had with the disciples, like, that interaction with the disciples. But then, looking right after that, of, uh, like, what did the woman do, like, <laughs> what did the woman do with those revelations that she had? Was like, okay, like, I just talked to, like, the Messiah, like, and all of that. So John 4, 39-41.
1: The Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, And he stayed there two days
0: many more believed because of this woman and so we see in this of like this conversation probably was like this woman and jesus it's probably like five ten minute conversation. like honestly and after that it spurred her to basically be like not just like go away and hide it like oh wow like that's pretty cool like let's see if that comes true like she <laughs> she went and immediately like, acted upon what she had received she went and told those in her town of like thrill like like, had the testimony of, like, God, he told me, like, things that, like,
1: nobody else really
0: knew, especially, like, a Jew who doesn't associate with us to begin with, like, they shouldn't just, like, know these things about me, but also just the fact that he is a Messiah and all of that, so we went and told that, and many people believed because of that, but then also many people were drawn to Christ because of it, too, listened to him and learned, and then also became to that belief, and so so often, when you're like, okay, We were like, new believers, like, I'm still learning, I'm still doing all these things. But, like, she had 10 minutes probably with Jesus. And she brought so many people to believe. Like, no, like, was she able to teach them absolutely everything? No, she's still learning too. That's okay. But she shared exactly what she had in that moment. She was faithful to what she was given in that moment. And because of that, she probably (laughs) learned a lot more. She probably brought to be able to get more information and, like, more responsibility in that and share that and continue to grow in that. And so don't just sell yourself short of just because you've been a believer for a few months, a few weeks, 10 minutes. Like, that doesn't mean that you don't have responsibility, that you don't have a call in your life, that you don't make, it like, you can't make a difference in furthering, like, kingdom and drawing the kingdom here to people. And it's about, like, what do we do with your life? And, like, with that, like, there is more... No mm-hmm. um, there is more of just like, okay, what's next? What do I do? And that you see in
2: 1 John 2, 4 Whoever says I know him that does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in
0: which he walk. So you're new. You want to know what's next. You had your ten minutes. You haven't told more people. There's more after that. It says like if you abide in you have to walk the same way you did it for. we didn't to do, do this well? so Philippians two five
1: through eight. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though He was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be rest, but emptied Himself, by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in a human form, He humbled Himself. Are you obedient to obedience the point of death, even death on the cross?
0: What
1: did he say?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What did I do? Mm-hmm. He <laughs> <himself>. <laughs> 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 he did not count equality with God as being be graphic into himself. <laughs> I think that's
0: the cool. answer. <laughs> <laughs> Easy answer. <laughs> Your is not from the <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did Jesus do? <laughs> 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 Uh, he answered, cool. he humbled himself. <laughs> and just with that, like, are you prideful? Like, are you using what you have given and are you abusing that? Like, how we talked about earlier, just like abusing that freedom. Are you, like, using that investment or that momentum? and Are you actually investing that into the kingdom for God's calling you to? Are you being prideful in that and not humbling yourself to what God is actually calling you to? And in that community, I think so often, well, uh, so often we're like, okay, like, humble yourself, and like, okay, cool, but like, that concept sometimes we're like, what does that actually, like, look like? How do I even, like, do that? But like, in this, he humbled himself by becoming obedient. Like, that's how he humbles himself. And you can look at the story of, um like, Jesus in the garden, like, right before he was arrested. Like, if you don't know that story, like, definitely look it up. I don't know to just have to trouble in my head. But... Look at that story, because Jesus goes and prays, and he basically says, Father, like, if there's any other way, like, can we do that? But if not, like, your will be done. So, like, Jesus' will had to be broken. He had to humble himself and say, like, okay, I can't do this my own way. I'm going to be obedient to you. I'm going to carry out the call that you gave me to do with what you've given me, and, like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to obey you. And the reason Saul was not the king anymore. It was because he decided to sacrifice instead of obey what God told him to do. Mm. So also, like, don't humble yourself to the point where you're hiding like a when you're not actually, like, using that and doing anything like that. Let's first. Romans 1, 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jews first and also to the Greeks. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith or faith. As it is written, the righteousness shall live. The righteous shall live, I <laughs> Um, I don't know. I just think of this Samaritan woman like, Jesus was a Jew, and then she went and she told all the other Samaritans, like, this random Jew, just told me all this stuff, and like she told me he was the Messiah. And, like, if anything, if this Samaritan woman would have to talked to the Jew, like, they probably like, would be talking, like, what are you talking to? you but she wasn't ashamed of that she went and she told him that and from that like other people were brought to salvation and like are you ashamed of the gospel if God caused you to go back to some random person at your job or like at school would you actually do it or would you make up all these excuses like oh like that just wasn't the right time or I just didn't want to do it like I had class in 15-20 minutes like I didn't have enough time for a conversation and like I just felt like it can only be a 10-minute conversation. And it contains someone's life, but also, like, are you actually going on doing what's going And I think, too, um, like, pride and shame usually go, like, pretty hand. Um, Kylie can obviously like, speak better on that, um, just cause she's looking into it more than I personally have. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you want to, like, obviously, like, know more about that, like, I'm gonna just, like, plug Kylie on that. Um, and plug real quick to the recording for me. Okay. <laughs> basically like when you put your worth in something that is not God, you are ashamed when it goes poorly and prideful when it goes well and so that's why they come on that point because the things of the world are like, mixed in papers and are talked about by Um, And so kind of like in that how we kind of talked about earlier of uh, are you putting yourself on the same as God? Are you trying to put yourself above God and say like you decide what's best for what God's given you. Because what God's given you is all of your gifts. Like, your life is a gift. Your faith is a gift. Your peace is a gift. Your grace is a gift. Not your grace. His grace is a gift. (laughs) Your grace given to you is a gift. Um, But all of that, with that, like, the servant decided, no, like, I don't think what my master told me is the best way to do with this money. So instead, I'm going to do this. In the same way, you go, all right, God, I have this time. I'm going to do this with it because I think that's the best thing. Sometimes we don't even take God account into it at all. We just leave him out of it. But we also just let like Saul completely, diso- <laughs> not that. Oh, we're completely <laughs> disobey. We completely disobey. I love you. Sorry. <laughs> um. for the recording. just <laughs> dropped her ring. <laughs> almost went down into the almost <laughs> right, It's fine. Mm. Everything's fine. <laughs> um. <laughs> we completely disobey what God called us to do. And we try to also then the other way I use the language of God's stamp basically of being like oh, well, like God said to do this or like This is, like, what God would want. You just put God's name on, like, whatever. And then it's just, like, hard to argue with people. Because then it's just, like, you said, like, that's for God. But it's, like, sacrificing all the animals you told me to kill. Yeah. Like, well, I'm sacrificing for you, God. Like, you love sacrificing. Okay, but, like, those are the sacrifices I told you. Or those are the things that I told you explicitly to kill. But it's a sacrifice, God. But I said, kill it. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> like not for a sacrifice. It's not, right. <laughs> not right now. It said, to Exactly. Wow, thank you, thank <laughs> <laughs> And so in that, we try to decide so often. It's so easy to be like, no, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Like, I'll let people know that I'm a Christian. Like. All the people know I believe in God in that. Okay, but what are you doing with that belief? Again, like faith without worship is that. What are you doing with that faith? What are you doing with what God has given to you? Because you might be ashamed of the gospel if you're just trying to do your own thing with it. Trying to make it your own gospel. So with that, Just like, not part of be ashamed of the gospel and doing something with like that and doing those good works. We're, we're going to talk about a little bit what those good works are and what that looks like to actually like do what Jesus did and humble yourself and actually enter the call of God. So Second Peter 1, verse His yes. divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped through the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self control, and self control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness. And godliness with brotherly oh God, I'm trying not to read it in it. like, no, no, no. <laughs> um, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or untruthful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Both? Huh? Uh, <laughs> both? Yes. Both. <laughs> <laughs> so, just like making sure we're confirming our calling and election and just doing the things talked about. Talked about in the verse of just like, I'm not gonna read all of these, things, but, but <laughs> just like making sure, like, you're oh kind of, nice. all these qualities are just doing enough because you don't want to fall back into like being ineffective and not fruitful because you're not practicing those qualities in those good relationships. You're not kind of love, you are. You're not doing anything for the kingdom of God. So just making sure, like, you're confirming that calling in that election and not just doing what you want, or just like, I'll do the calling a little bit, but I'll do it mine. Like, no, humble yourself to obedience, do it the right way, not hmm. way. And then basically kind of like going on that, okay, like, what is the calling, telling you? What is the calling that we're supposed to be confirming now? So Matthew 28: 19
1: through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. So we see that, um, like, obviously people
0: call this, like, the great commission of Jesus telling, like, disciples, go make disciples. But um we want to go make disciples. We want to continue to make disciples. and make disciples in that. Um, but with that, to teach them to obey everything I've commanded to. So, like, we're not just making people that do what we want them to do we how we want them to function in that. Like, it still goes back to how Christ functioned, how Christ walked in that, and humbling yourself, obeying yourself, or obeying God in what He called you to do, and teaching people to do that same thing. We're not going to <laughs> So, thinking that, of, like, how did Jesus honestly, like, make the disciples that he made and just, like...
2: Bring the gospel to people. Bring the kingdom here. So Matthew
0: four, verse twenty-three. Jesus went to the Galilee, teaching in the synagogues. <laughs> 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 so to make sure you got that. Jesus went to Galilee.
1: <laughs> Jesus went to Galilee, teaching he in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness, and not the usual. Okay.
0: So. <laughs> Amen. You want an example of like what did? <laughs> this is like Jesus. he taught in the synagogue. He proclaimed the good news in the kingdom. He healed people. Are we doing that? Are we doing that? So this isn't just like a, oh, this is my personal model. This is what we're supposed to do as a church, as a body of Christ. And I think, um, going back to the story, like the Samaritan morning, it's easy to be like, okay, like, I've only been a Christian, like, for a few months, or something like that, like, I'm not necessarily ready, like, how can I be, like, ready to teach, like, okay, like, I get that, I think that one's fair, like, you're not gonna be completely ready, and, like, there's a lot of weight to the calling of teaching, like, there's a lot of scripture for that, however, like, I think the biggest thing is, like, huh, not all of you should be teachers, (laughs) yeah, not all of you should be teachers, but I think, too, in that, as like, there is, like, a teaching aspect sometimes just to, like, conversation math. that. But I think what we always sometimes miss is, like, the aspect of, like, proclaiming or, like, preaching. And, like, those words are kind of, like, interchangeable in that. And honestly, what I would say is that Samaritan woman one day, she proclaimed that revelation to her people. And we see often, I feel like, when you look at what Jesus did, like, in the Gospels and all of that, like, he taught people, yes, but he also just proclaimed, like, hey okay, like, hey, like, you can have, like, like peace is coming, like, freedom is here, like, those kind of things. Like, it doesn't have to be a long, a long Sermon on the Mount or anything like that. But those proclamations, I think, is something that we so often forget in just of our conversations of just proclaiming and, um, talked about before of just, like, what, like, proclaim, actually, I don't make that up. Maybe it's a different one. I can do this. Oh, confess. To confess is very similar, like, to, to confess is kind of to <laughs> Proclaim. They yeah. That gave us the statement for at least synonyms. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking of the confession. Did you say, like, that, that definition or there? Yeah, so, like, to confess is not just to, like, speak it, but it is just to speak it and be in agreement. In agreement. Yeah. But there's also verses where, like, they confess um, and then they deny by their works. Like, they confess with their mouth, and yeah. deny by their works. You can confess with your mouth and not confess by your actions. Exactly. And I think, like, again, like, i put this, like, the servant understood what his master, like, he knew his master. He said these things, like, we believe these things about God, but, like, we don't act upon them. Like, do they line up? Do they act upon that? So, like, proclaiming that, but, like, acting upon that belief. And, that, and not just leaving more... Like, yes, there is an individualistic aspect of faith. Absolutely. But it's not all individualistic. Like, you might receive more of like, the woman, she received like, the thing about the husbands, that was pretty personal. Like, that was personal, obviously. And so, like, personal revelation of realizing, okay, like, that posture was built to her. But, like, the aspect of like, like, the worship and, like, the Messiah and all of that, like, that was still, like, personal revelation for her, but that still was something, like, both of them sharing that changed people's lives, brought them to believe. But, like, that other revelation, like, is submit for other people too. And so often we're like, oh, like, what can I receive? Like, I want all of these things, but then we just, I do not know our handkerchief, and we don't share this. He's like, oh, it's just for me, though. Like, oh, I'm not, like, good enough yet. I'm not, I don't have ten of them yet, so I can't share. I'm not a level three Christian yet. I can't go talk about God to people. And it doesn't matter, but the call of teaching, preaching, and healing is how God or Jesus made disciples, like when he caught on that. And so, just anything like that then, on Galatians 6 9,
1: unless not grow weary of doing good, for in see season will reap
0: if we do not give up. So, just like the call of God doesn't stop doing those things of keeping, preparing the gospel, healing, all that stuff, it doesn't stop when you grow tired and when you just get to not feeling it. That's not just an excuse. Like you can't make up excuses for why you want don't want to go out and proclaim the name of God and answer a follow up God. You have to answer that. That's your investment That's what you decided that you wanted to do You can't just say one day I want to be a Christian and the next I don't. And that also functions into empathy and obviously like it's about working you this. Do you have and I just wanted to talk about that exactly because we are going into one to the we are not see each other as much, especially because a lot of people go home. but just not letting the call of God go away from you, or not being the worst because you're awake in a different setting, and not being ashamed to complain about gospel stuff because it's worth it, and it's important, and that shouldn't go away just because you're awake. We're still here, we still have phones, we still have Zoom. Like, last year we didn't have Zoom. This year you can come in your a workshop <laughs> like... I don't know, that's a great resource, like, this doesn't <laughs> stop, <laughs> this doesn't stop just because of a pandemic, and there is more, and empathy is not that more, and you can't just say, like, oh, to a break, I'll take my break, and, like, I'll pick it back up later, Like, we will get back to you, like, no, there's still work to be done, and this is, and I'm trying to use it, whether you're here or not. So with all of that, is no matter like, where you're at, whether you have, one minute, five minutes, ten minutes, where you're at, in your life, of uh, acting upon and obeying God's voice with God? And so like, are you acting upon what God has told you to do? Or are you just trying to make it your own, um, hiding it away? But also then, you're leaving it behind why you're not acting upon it, too. I think is really important. To just self-evaluate in that to why aren't you? Is it because you know things about God but you don't completely like how he functions in that? Because you want to do it your own way? Or do you not know? But also again, like why are you asking? Um, there's a verse about basically when you humble yourself, like you'll receive like that. So, like, in that, too, like, as we humble, as we obey, we also receive that reason of, like, to you. okay, like, sometimes, yeah, I don't listen to do it either. It's, like, the part of life. So um, acting upon that. Yeah. And so I kind of want to end tonight and just kind of, like, talking a bit, too, and just kind of, like, where at are we acting upon things, if not why, and then, like, where we go kind of from there.